You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Appreciate you joining me on a Tuesday, October 5th. And uh, yeah, let's talk some TCU sports, specifically TCU football. In segment two, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what happened in the Big 12. Here to open the show, I want to touch some more on the Texas game, you know, what went down, where we go from here, moving forward as the Frogs sit at 2-2 two and two and have a, a night game coming up against Texas Tech in Lubbock this weekend. So, the loss to Texas, I mean, on the surface, it doesn't look terrible. UT looks like a pretty good football team. We'll see how things play out over the coming weeks and months. Um, but, you know, I mean, aside from that just beatdown they took at the hands of Arkansas, I think Casey Thompson is a, a better QB than Hudson Carr. They obviously have a great player in Bashan Robinson in the defense that seems to be um, doing enough to, to get things done. So where is this team at? Like, you, you sit at 2-2. Two and two. If I told you that before the season, I think most people would be very disappointed, and rightly so. There were high expectations for this uh, crew coming in. Um, let me say this. There's still plenty of time, obviously, to turn this thing around. And we'll see what this team looks like. We still haven't seen them at full strength. Now, you could argue, are we going to see that? Because we still don't know a whole lot about what's going on with Corey Bethley. Noah Daniels played some limited snaps. Um, but they're thin at safety. They're thinner at corner than we thought. The defensive line, obviously, is just having a, an epic struggle of a year so far. However, you go play Texas Tech this week. And if you win that game, you're 3-2. and two, And then you start, hopefully, building off of that win. Now, the problem is, you look at the schedule, man, and, I mean... Given what we've seen from TCU so far, I could make an argument that most of those most of the games left are winnable, but like I'm not super optimistic about Oklahoma and Norman simply because they haven't played well against the Sooners in the past. Oklahoma State and Stillwater, it's gonna be a tough game. I mean, Oklahoma State's pretty limited on offense. But they have a good defense. That's a tough place to play. It's a place where TCU has not fared well in the past. Uh, Iowa State in Ames. I know Iowa State looks down right now. But their losses have been to Iowa, who is a top three team in the country right now. And to Baylor on the road in a game, if they you know, tighten up some things on special teams, they probably win that ball game. So... They're sort of sitting in the same position TCU is at the moment, but I think they have a higher ceiling. Um, you know, Baylor at home, uh, West Virginia at home. Those are games I feel optimistic about, but you got to go get it done. Texas Tech on the road, it's a game I feel optimistic about, but you have to get it done. And these losses keep piling up, and all of a sudden you're looking at, oh, man, where's where's bowl eligibility at? Where's seven, eight wins at? I, I still think everything's in front of them. But they got to find a way to start winning games. So we'll see what they do. As far as the big topic of conversation in, you know, the TCU world right now, getting Zach Evans the football, um, it's got to get fixed. I did see some people talking today, though, and I, I thought it was valid points that were being brought up in that 
Zach is being asked to do a lot within the offense. You know, we saw him getting out there, throwing some lead blocks on Saturday, which is great. Um, We see him try to get out there and run some routes from time to time, which is good. But since they're not just using him particularly as a downhill runner, um, even though he's not carrying the ball, I understand why he would still get kind of fatigued. But in my mind, that's like, okay, well then, you know, you can't do this all the time because it's it's tendencies that you're you're giving off. But instead of taking him out for a whole series, why not let Miller and Di Mercado do some of those things out of the backfield? You know, work on some of those pass pro situations. And then leave Evans when he's in the game, for the most part, to just carry the football. And I understand that that sort of gives away what you're doing in some ways. But I also trust that that guy's good enough to get things done. It would also be helpful if the O-line could open up some more running lanes so that he's not getting hit on every single run. Like, it does feel like he's having to run through contact a lot. So they got to figure that out. Um, and, you know, like, I feel like a discussion has to be had as to, like, take the ball out of Max's hands a little bit in the running game. Not so much in the passing game, but you have a guy that can run the football, and Max has shown great mobility and agility in the past. I feel like that explosiveness is down a little bit this year, and I don't know why that is. But he's not – he hasn't really broken a huge run yet this year, unless I'm missing something. Um, So use – I mean, use that downhill running game with Zach Evans. Defense has to get better. I thought they improved – this week against Texas, you hope that trend continues. Bethley, whenever he can get back in the middle, is going to be a huge add to that defensive line. Kyrie Coleman helped out a lot. And if you can get, you know, Daniels and, and THT outside on those corner spots, then that's a, a pretty good one-two punch. And hopefully your safeties can start to figure things out more. But it's it's hard to see all that coming together right now because you're coming off your second straight loss. But it was a five-point loss to Texas. So go make a statement this week, man. Like, go beat Tech. And this is a Tech team that's coming off a big win against West Virginia. That's a game I imagine most people were not expecting them to go into Morgantown and get it done. But they have. So go get a victory and then start building off that momentum. There's still a chance here to do something special, to do something that we look back on and say, man, that was a good season. Um, you're only in game four, but it has to get changed now. And it's dependent on health. It's dependent on adjustments. And, and all that will have to play out over the next few weeks. This is the Locked on Horn Frogs. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, what else went on in the Big 12. Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Locked on Horn Frogs, segment two coming your way. Um, before we get into some Big 12 talk, I will say – Nice win for TCU soccer over Houston over the weekend. They get a victory three to one. Good bounce back. Ladies have you know lost a couple like they had lost two out of their last three, and then they went and tied Texas. Big week of Big Twelve play ahead. Hopefully they can get their footing back and start to stack up some wins. But a nice victory in a non-conference game against Houston, getting the job done three to one. Looking at Big Twelve football from the weekend. Okay, so um, we know TCU falls to Texas. What else happened around the league? And we'll start with the night game. 
Oklahoma State, they beat Baylor 24-14. This game was 14-0 at halftime. Oklahoma State had the lead. Baylor didn't score a touchdown until late in the third quarter on a 55-yard touchdown run by Abram Smith. You know, Jeff Grimes has had the offense cooking there. Um, early on, but Oklahoma State put a stop to it. Spencer Sanders was not great, but he was good enough. Jalen Warren um, seems to be the dude there at running back. The Pokes have found a formula. They're going to play really good defense. They're going to run the football. And that is not uh, Mike Gundy's specialty. That's certainly not what he's done in the past. But it's working for this team right now. They remain undefeated. Um, and, I mean, they're getting it done. They're winning ball games. So we'll see where it goes from here. They have an off week, and then they play Texas a couple weeks from now, which will be a pretty pivotal game, and UC will be coming off the uh, Red River shootout, which is coming up this weekend when they take on Oklahoma in that rivalry game. So Oklahoma State, team to watch. Um, you know They have some limitations, as I said, offensively. They're stalling out a little bit, but they remind me kind of of TCU in 2017. I think that TCU 2017 offense was a little more efficient than this one, but getting it mainly done with defense and just kind of running the football and suffocating people throughout the game. They hand Baylor their first loss of the season, both, you know, in conference play and in the regular season overall. Iowa State, no problem with Kansas, 59-7. to Kind of took some frustration out on the Jayhawks. Um, I like Lance Leipold. I think he's a good coach. I'm not sure the results will show that this year. Iowa State did their job. You know, they bounced back nicely. Brock Purdy had a good day. Uh, Brees Hall obviously running the football was pretty huge for them, 128 yards on 17 carries. Purdy 17-22, 245. So, not much resistance from Kansas. And the Jayhawks moved to 1-4. and four. Iowa State now 3-2 and two on the season. Oklahoma, they continue to live dangerously, play dangerously, but they also continue to win games. They are now 5-0, and oh, a 37-31 win over K-State. Big news from this one, um, Skylar Thompson back in the lineup. So, it looks like he's going to play. He didn't seem to be 100%, but he had a good game, 29-41. 320 yards, three touchdowns. Um, the Sooners did hold Deuce Vaughn in check pretty well, though. 15 carries for 51 yards. Back and forth game, Vaughn had 104 yards receiving, so he found a way to get his touches and, and score. It just wasn't in the running game. K-State's a completely different team when Skylar Thompson's playing, and he looked really good against the Sooners. Chris Kleiman continues to get that team playing well, but OU, they win the ball game. And, you know, I, I understand there's a lot of talk about the Sooners being vulnerable, about them not being as good as they have been in past years. Bottom line is, though, they still find ways to win. I I don't think they're a playoff contender. Like, I think they're kind of fraudulent in that regard. But we'll see what they do against UC. They have some tough games left on their schedule. Bedlam will be obviously late in the season um, and a lot of season left to play. But they look impressive so far. Again, they get that victory victory 37-31 over the Wildcats on Saturday. Texas Tech. They beat West Virginia 23-20, to and uh, they were really in control of this game, you know, honestly, from start to finish. They were up 17 to nothing at halftime. A pretty crazy situation. This was without Eric Azucama, their best wide receiver, with Henry Columbia, backup QB, slinging it around there. He was 23-34 for 266 yards, throwing the ball well. Um, so did a nice job, and they get a victory 23-20 to over West Virginia, that defense played extremely well um and the Mountaineers they look like they're struggling I don't know Jarrett Dagey doesn't seem to be the guy uh you know Letty Brown's still a good running back but they haven't really unlocked that part of the offense yet so curious to see where they go from here but Texas Tech 
Again, another team. They had a terrible loss to Texas. They had some close calls against teams like Stephen F. Austin. Um, but they also go on the road and beat West Virginia. So I think the middle of the pack in the Big 12, it's, it's going to be tipsy-turvy every single week. You just don't know what's going to happen, and that should make some for some fun weeks ahead in Big 12 football. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Talk to you tomorrow.